Hi, I would like to thank some folks here at the start. People like Lindsay Lee, Sam Ray, Darren Ziegler, Jake Lovell, and at old Jake Cisco. All of these are people who have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and kicked us some money and helped support the shows. You can be like them by going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv to help support the shows. Thank you. Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about The Stanley Parable, which is a comedy game developed by Galactic Cafe for the PC in 2013. Comedy and existential horror. Yes. Uh, No matter how much you think you're in control, you're not. Uh, and what is the value of being in control? Yeah, do we want to be in control? It's a distinction without without a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 very similar to the Devo song "Freedom of Choice." Oh yeah, uh, as a game. Mm. Yeah, I I, um, I liken it to Duck Amuck. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's uh, uh I think that it's it's comparing games to Duck Amuck. Yes, I think that that in is the thing. thing. Like, the, the, there is yeah. a there is a duck amuck game for the DS that I've thought about bringing to uh, bringing to Abject Suffering. Or not, yeah, to Abject Suffering, um, but I do not know how well it controls. I got an emulator with the mouse as the stylus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a there. There's a little bit of duck, there's a lot. There's more going on here than you might think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is this is a cold jam. Although we had both talked about this. We we were both big fans of the Stanley Parable. This is a really important game. This has kind of been hanging around as like a uh, almost a break glass in case of emergency, like uh, in case you record a four hour episode about Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, yeah, and, and then less than twenty four hours later, <laughs> record off again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, th- this fits uh, both a programming uh let's say need that we that we have for something a little bit breezier uh but also uh like this is an important and cool game uh and the best thing you can do for comedy is dissect it (laughs) well it's it's yes absolutely (laughs) it's more than comedy though like there's no way this episode won't be at least as long as it takes to play the game yeah yeah there's more here to talk about than maybe it seems uh, both in terms of what the game is trying to say and how this game fits into um like the construct of what a game can be yes you know and and not in the ways that you expect Mm -hmm. uh one of the things you know on revisiting stanley parable is like this is not a gone home no uh it's you know that's not what we're doing here like it Mm -hmm. is gamier than that 
um, and less narrative focused and much more like playing with the box. Yeah. Playing with the um, box is exactly the metaphor that I put into the, uh, put into the notes. You know, you are in the yeah. box actively pressing and trying to find seams that may not be uh, necessarily apparent at first. Yeah. You know, it's and, uh, it, it's the good shit. Yeah. I'm uh, like, I call it a comedy game because that's the, that, that's the foot that it puts forward. I think that it uses the kind of the language of gameplay um, and, you know, just the, the nature of choice in games, uh, like as a way to deliver jokes. And then it delivers other things unexpectedly as if they were jokes, kind of using the same mechanism, uh, except instead yeah. of good laughs, like you get a devast- you, you get an emotionally devastating scene about whether or not anything you do is consequential you know yeah yeah the the apartment ending which is one of the bleakest things oh, that yeah. has been put in games uh, you know uh, and and <laughs> games include like pathologic and chernobyl and stuff right um just incredibly bleak like it's a comedy game to me the same way kind of portal is yeah, yeah. like it's very funny mm-hmm. but it, it's trying to do something else and the humor stands up and everything too like we'll mm-hmm. talk about all this stuff but like what a joy to revisit this like mm-hmm. it's been just the right amount of time because yeah it's not like I did a lot of stuff I didn't do the first time I played it, but mm-hmm. uh, it's like rereading a really good book. Did Did you get the "Don't Play Stanley" parable for five years achievement? I believe I did. Yeah, I, I believe did. I, I stayed. Uh, stay. I did not get the Tuesday achievement or the random achievement. Nope. Uh, and this will dovetail really uh, well into a discussion about achievements as well, because this <laughs> yep. game has things to say about achievements. It does. Um, the basic premise is you play. As, oh, uh, play this. Oh yeah. But yeah. by yeah. <laughs> The, the more you know about this, the worse it will be. And uh, there's no reason for you not to have played this by now if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Don't be a dummy. Yeah. It is uh, very inexpensive. It runs on basically anything. I don't think it runs on Mac. I had to play this on the Windows machine. But, uh, you know, yeah. it's a... Uh, it, so, it, it, like it you is said, a... basically anything. Well, I've got um, I've got two Macs in the house, bud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's fully 66% of the United States supply of gaming Macs. <laughs> Um, oh gosh yeah so it it it, it, you know it'll run it'll run on what you have so go 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 play it if you haven't already i mean this is you know kind kind of a foundational thing in indie game kind of stuff now like just as part of that Mm -hmm. wave of like meta textual meta game kind of stuff like Mm -hmm. you know i kind of like look at this coming out in 2013 and then like undertale coming out in 2015 as like games that use the structure of games to be about different stuff you know, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. like or a little bit like um, like a little inferno. Yeah, yeah, a little inferno. You know, uh, kind around of the time more, more of yeah. its uh, its cohort, I yeah. would say, mm-hmm. than than Undertale. Undertale feels like a, a different thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the basic premise of this is you play as a guy named Stanley. Uh, you are a silent protagonist. You control in first person, uh, and you work at this like absolutely you know this Brazil like <laughs> you know pointless job. You sit um, in this the- office bureaucracy <laughs> nightmare. You sit in the closet, um, and then a command yep. comes down on your computer for you to press a button, um, and then you press the button, and then a new command comes down for you to press another button, and you do that. And Stanley is happy with this. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's what the narrator says, because Stanley is a very boring person, basically an empty vessel. Uh, but one day, everyone disappears, and the narrator begins describing Stanley's actions and thoughts, um, importantly, uh, well before they happen. Uh, like, oh, and Stanley went through the left door before you even go through it. Um, and these are instructions because he's trying to keep you on a story path. Um, and uh, always because Stanley does not speak and because Stanley's thoughts are your thoughts or not. Stanley doesn't think and you are thinking you are just moving him. Um, uh, the narrator will speak for Stanley. 
um, yes. you know, adding his, re- you know, the reactions in that would be, uh, that would be appropriate for the story. Yeah. The, the, the narrator, whatever the narrator is, mm-hmm. ascribes to Stanley, whatever Stanley is. Yes. You know, uh, in this, um, it gets compared to a lot of those like kind of walking simulators because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, all you can do is move around and look and click. Uh, on things you cannot jump you cannot crouch you get an achievement for trying to jump um <laughs> you know what the the actual uh gameplay of this is deciding uh you know whether you obey these commands from the narrator and pushing against the boundaries of what is possible uh within this game design yeah and kind of the uh the the way this this game makes hay is by accounting for the ways that you can do that. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of where the duck amuckness comes from, but they're incredibly planned and surprisingly kind of like <laughs> emotionally rich endings uh, a good amount of the time. Yes. For these things, at least philosophically like interesting. Mm-hmm. And w- what it kind of ends up being is this process of you trying to outsmart the game. Um, and the first couple of times it's kind of funny when it accounts for it, but then it starts to become a, I mean, for me, it leads to kind of this feeling of creeping dread, like, oh, everything is accounted for. There is no escape from this. I am, you know, even when you're out of, even when you're out of bounds, you're still in bounds. Right. It's part of what the game is doing is critiquing the idea of outsmarting the game. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like the the idea of a game or a work of fiction is a constrained space. Yes. And a lot of the magic of that is dependent on fooling the experiencer into thinking that you can do things outside of that space. See uh, the uh, magic circle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that, that that's a fiction. Yes. You know, uh, <laughs> that, and that's one of, but the, the cool thing about this game is that it's trying to say a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it defies being like, this game is about something. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, I'm going to, co- we're going to compare this to other games, uh, that have a similar genre to this. It's funny. I, I was trying to think of the reason why like co- de- describing this as a comedy game, mm-hmm. uh, was something that, uh, rankled on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's because, uh, jazz punk is a comedy game. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, it's not trying to do anything other than make jokes. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like jazz punk very much. I think it's too long and I think it's uh, fatiguing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, this just has higher aspirations. Like not that yeah. comedy isn't important, but it's like very funny on its way to doing something. Yeah. Which is just like, it's what I want. I, I respect it. it. The, the two, the comedy half and the philos- the philosophy half work really well together. Mm-hmm. You know, compare like the, the two poles on the other sides of this would be like the witness and jazz punk. Yeah. For like yeah. pure philosophy and pure humor. And this is a much more <laughs> elegant and complete package. Yeah. Integrated of those games. It, it really, you know, it is integrated uh, you, you using both of those kind of as a palette. Um, and yes. you know, there, there, there's some things here that it's, you know, saying about the witness kind of like, where is the locus of control at between the designer the player fictional agents in the game um you know like like mm-hmm. like where is that illusion of control at you know there are some there are some audio logs in the witness that talk about like you know in any situation where somebody technically has control over somebody else you know a teacher over a student right well that goes both ways the needs of the student and the fact that they are a young person at all also constrains what is possible for the teacher Right. Yeah. The dualism. Like the, you know, the hand makes the glove. Yes. 
Yeah. You know, and, and vice versa. And that is, um, I mean, th- th- that is all over this deciding who needs who and w- how things can crumble apart when one mm-hmm. or more of them diverge from the other. What if something that is, uh, has always been implicitly like something that has always been, uh, presented the illusion of antagonism mm-hmm. while being entirely cooperative between you and the developer, mm-hmm. um, is actually the the antagonism is elevated. Throwing a to, grenade at me is a very hostile gesture, but also grenades in shooter games propel you forward. They get you out well, of the, yeah, yeah. Like, they, they get you to move the thing. They beep to tell you that they're there. They're incredibly mm-hmm. polite. <laughs> you know, uh, shooters have polite grenades. This is like what if the the the, the game is yelling at you? Uh huh. You know, and and belittling you and calling you stupid, and not in like a spec ops way. Mm-hmm. You know, in in uh, it's it's just very it's it's richer than it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fucking love it. Like it was it was man revisiting this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just absolutely, you know, super good. Mm-hmm. Um, we, if you know this, you know this because of the narration. Probably this was part of that. Like we can narrate our games. Uh, thing you know like that became kind of what early this is an early example of that mm-hmm. um having a narrator um there's a british man named ken brighting who narrates this and the voice acting is incredible he mm-hmm. adds so many extra syllables to every syllable <laughs> yep <laughs> um he just every consonant is has multiple vowels within it it is just a, a joy to listen to uh yeah he, he just he varies up his pitch and rhythm a lot like just there are a couple mm-hmm. of very tersely de- delivered you know just like dry british punchline that is just perfectly timed on this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and also like because of the range of things that are possible and these endings that you get to they're endings but they're actually just like the content of each of the paths uh they're more like mm-hmm. routes in a visual novel or something like that but because of the variety ken Brighting has to do a lot of different stuff so he's got to start as the stayed bbc narrator kind of guy and then he will either become a cackling maniac or a complete emotional dependent wreck right yeah yeah, depending on how things go, he he contains multitudes the same way the game does, and what Stanley is. And apparently, like, I mean, this. so like, just the lead designer of this, of the original mod, Davy Reedon, uh, just you know, just put out for auditions, and Ken was somebody who you know came in like, oh yeah, so you know, Ken, Ken, Ken works, and he did all of the narration in like one session, like, oh, here you go, and then. Mm-hmm. Ken Brighting just kind of stuck around and anything that is related to the, to the Stanley parable, like people who make fan projects for Stanley parable will get him to do stuff for it. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes pro bono, like Ken Brighting is like really generous with the community that has kind of popped up around this thing. It's yeah. I I was, he, uh, he does his Twitter account Mm. uh, (laughs) in character as such. Um, a lot of time, which I think is really cute. Mm-hmm. And when I found out, like, Davey, you know, Stevie Reardon, uh, the guy who, who originally made this, he made it as a Half-Life 2 mod in mm-hmm. 2011. Uh, my man was 22. Yep. That makes me want to die. Uh, it does. I, yeah. It, it, it's so funny and good and clever. Mm-hmm. 22? 20, the shit that I was making at 22? <laughs> yeah. I, I was passed out in a yard. <laughs> 
like I fell asleep after the bar in a yard. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going through half a suitcase of cheap Cincinnati beer a night, dude. <laughs> yeah. 22. <laughs> and then, and then I looked at, uh, I was like, okay, so he was, you know, David Eden was 22 when he started working on this. The other guy who came on for the, uh, for, for, for the HD remaster, uh, Pew, I looked at that. he was born in 1994. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. I'm dust. I, I'm, yeah, I, th- this uh, this is the episode that convinces me to go walk off a pier. I'm gonna. I'm just, just gonna like, walk s- west until I can't anymore. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stand on an ice floe and then push myself out and decide whether or not that's culture appropriation before I have somebody shoot the flaming arrow at it. <laughs> yep. uh, too late to change your mind. You're on the ice floe. Yep. Is there a culture that just kills themselves for being old by just standing in an ice floe until they die of exposure? Because then that might not be cultural appropriation i don't know i think I'm, at least I'm, that's, I'm, that's my safety school I'm, i might be mixing up um <laughs> first nations uh thing with viking funerals actually so i think the it, flaming it arrow works yeah it's a mashup yeah. uh yeah it's uh, just r- ridiculous that he just started putting this together at age 22 you know like a lot of the DNA was there and he was like, yeah, I don't know how to do anything in the source engine, but I want to get into the game industry and this is the one that's available to me. So fuck it. Uh, let, let's learn. Let, let's learn yep. while making this kind of, you know, generation defining game <laughs> for indie games. Yeah. 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 yeah he taught, he taught himself, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, just incredible stuff. Yeah. Um, he was frustrated. You know, he came at this initially from the perspective of a, critique of games. Yes. Like this is a game about games that's making fun of games. Uh, and he was really sick of games that, uh, kind of offered the player like an illusion of choice, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, has become, you know, a sub theme in and of itself, Yep. you know, and not always something that I'm sick of. Like sometimes when, when, uh, I can fall prey to that. Like I like the choices in something like a new Vegas. Yeah. I like games that critique choices in something like a spec ops. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, but this, this is also a perspective I'm really, uh, amenable to. Yeah. Um, it was a hugely successful mod. Um, and because it was so successful, it drew the attention of Pew, who you had mentioned 16, mm-hmm. who wanted to work on the standalone release. Uh, Pew by that point had done a lot of graphics stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. And modding all these wonderkins. You just, you just end up um, with like, just, just, uh, Oh, there, there's a, there's a Neil Sisirega out there just fucking ruining you by, yeah. by, by simply existing. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's always somebody younger and better than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't and try. There always will be. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, try because you're no, younger I mean, and better no. than someone else. True. But just keep in mind that there is a, a pecking order, and yep. you are not at the top of it, and you never will be. I, I'm losing my edge to the kids who are coming up from behind. <laughs> yep, and that, that is the way of the world. You will continuously. It'll happen uh, to you. So. but yeah he done a lot of uh, a lot of graphics work and decided hey let's uh let's work together uh with a bit of an expanded team you know the credits are not just reading in pew uh but to you know give this game more of its own visual identity and i mean just also you know um read and put out the original mod there was stuff that he wanted to do that just couldn't be, be implemented because of asset restrictions or just because of his incomplete understanding of how to make stuff happen in source sdk so like all of those expanded all of those expanded uh capabilities just gave them the ability to do new and cool stuff to the point where they say like yeah the hd remix version that's the that's the definitive version at least so far yeah yeah, they included all the original endings and add ten more mm-hmm. to that. Um, the uh, 
when the team was getting ready to launch the game, uh, they decided they wanted to put out a demo, but it was difficult because players didn't get the vibe from it. Like mm-hmm. just a, a slice from the middle of the game did not explain what was cool yes. about the game and players were confused and angry. Uh, so they made a new game. Um, that's, it's the, you know, basically a half hour little mini episode mm-hmm. that takes place in this universe. Um, it's for free and it teaches you the appeal of this basically. Yeah. Like if you like that, it is, it is a great demo in that, uh, it spoils no content. And if you like the demo, you will like the game. Mm-hmm. Really well put together as a piece of like salesmanship almost. Yes. It's like we, we, we can't, you know, by, if, if we cut off any part of this thing to try and give it to you, both parts will die, both the small part and the big yes. part for, for you. Uh, so how do we encapsulate what is special about that in this, in this completely new thing? Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of effort. Like it's, it's, it's a pre- pretty complicated demo, <laughs> lots of yeah. un- unique assets and stuff in there. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good demo. Did you replay it for the, for the show? I did. And I uh, put the notes here, but we don't have to talk about it in depth. Um, I, I didn't, I played it before. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I just ran out of time, which sounds ridiculous because this game is two hours, but, uh, we, you know, we were recording this less than 24 hours after doing the horizon zero dawn thing. Yep. And, uh, I'm putting my stuff into boxes. Yeah, so everybody no. forgive me for, for not having done that. Um, I will let you, I looked into it a little bit. I will let you book report it to me in a, a summary fashion. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is probably the best, uh, best move. Um, yeah, I should have, I just didn't. That's fine. Huh? Uh, you know, I let you, I let you off the hook for it. It's, it's fine. Thank you. Well, because uh, each I'll, individually let me <laughs> Also, we didn't talk about whether or not we did it. I just, I just did it just in case. Also, because I hadn't played it before. Actually, I had never. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't do that. So, yeah. I had played it uh, when I first covered this. There's an episode of Check It Out, Comrade, about this game. I'm yep. pretty sure. Um. So after uh, this saw commercial success, uh, Reedon and Pew kind of parted ways. Uh, mm-hmm. For a bit, uh, Reen went on to create a game called The Beginner's Guide, which is maybe my favorite walking simulator. It's so good. Uh, I, I yeah. think about that game a lot, actually. Yes. <laughs> um, that that game you know took my breath away at the end in terms of like heartbreak. Like mm-hmm. it, it pushes a lot of my buttons. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it it also deals with really interesting themes between. Um, you know, creators and consumers. Yes. The people who create their work, uh, the author and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. We will do that at some point. Yes. Um, You know, when next we need to gush about something for longer (laughs) than it takes to play the game. Yeah. But yeah, I I owe myself a replay of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I love that game so fucking much. Yeah. Can't give it a big enough thumbs up. Uh, Mm -hmm. Pew went off and founded uh, Zone Studio with uh, an excellent name. It's called Crows, Crows, Crows. Um, mm-hmm. and he began working with Justin Roiland. Uh, p- people might know him as one of the, one of the Ricks and Mortys. Uh, I think he's both mm-hmm. of the Ricks and Mortys. Um, uh, but, uh, Funniest he... thing I ever saw, turn into a pickle. <laughs> damn, <laughs> damned if he didn't turn into a pickle. Uh, Justin yeah. Roiland's funny. Like it's, it's just the, that, that show is just weird. Um, but, uh, they released, uh, kind of their debut game, Dr. Langeskov, the tiger and the terribly cursed Emerald, a whirlwind heist. Uh, they also did a couple of mm-hmm. other things. Uh, those are f- funny and fine, but I think this is something you said back around the time that these came out, which is it's re- like these these two things: the the beginner's guide and then Doctor Langaskov. Like that is the clearest that you have seen. Like who was responsible for what in a given product where they work together? You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> it's a real Lennon and McCartney. Yeah, it's a real like wings 
<laughs> you know, and and, and listening to, to John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah, but like kind of situation. Because mm-hmm. Dr. Lengosov is very funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that is that is laugh out loud. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. You know, uh, I found it to have zero heart. Mm-hmm. And realizing that I am coming to this kind of thing for heart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, is what playing that kind of made me realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think that they, 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 all of this merits, merits playing, but I think that, mm-hmm. uh, that I, I, I am more on the beginner's guide kind of thing. And I think that, you know, uh, when they work together, that is also cool and good. <laughs> uh, and, and you might, you might think that the, the kind of the depth that we're seeing is in these games is you might not agree. You might think it's fakey yeah. and just want the jokes. Call, call you, know, it, you might be you know, a Lingusol person. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, you might think, oh, that's that's too arty. Just kind of, you know, pretentious. Any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. You guys um, are reading into it. You fucking idiots. <laughs> your, your fat, sweaty game criticism yeah, is going yeah. the way of the dinosaurs. The new TikTok lords <laughs> will come through and turn you into a dust. Uh, uh, all all I can say is, I, uh, the, all the stuff, all of my reaction to this, I feel pretty deeply. I, I've got I've got <laughs> convictions about the stuff that this uh, that this yeah. game is putting in front of us. So and. When you say that, hey, you fat, sweaty games crit, you're going to give way to gaming TikTok crit. Uh-huh. I just say, yes, sir. Yep. Spare me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be uh, out here on my ice flow, sir. Uh, they're working on, I didn't realize this. I didn't know it because it's in the VR hole. I didn't know about these other games. Oh, yeah. Uh, accounting. I have not I have not played accounting. This moved it back up to the top of my list after I found out that it's on Oculus Quest. Uh, which makes mm-hmm. it easier to get a hold of for me. It's also on PSVR um, as well, but um, they worked together again uh, uh, this time with Justin Roiland to make uh, a game called Accounting, uh, and then kind of a uh, um, a similar like remaster called Accounting Plus, uh, which is more similar to the Stanley Parable than uh, the 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 other the the stuff they worked together or they the stuff they worked mm-hmm. separately on. Yeah, yeah, I'm really curious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a ultra deluxe edition of this that was announced. Um, it's supposed to come out last year, but, uh, COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So now the team is aiming for 2021. It has a great trailer, mm-hmm. um, which you can watch. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that yeah. as well. Like they're just going to add more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited about that. I will not, uh, turn down more Stanley parable. Uh, let's get into it. We're going to talk about kind of more of the things that's trying to say with these endings as we talk about the endings yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's not that each one like dovetails specifically into a, a theme or what have you. It's more of like a scattershot of things that it's interested in mm-hmm. that we will surface as they uh, as they come up in the episode. Yeah. Um, I'll sum up the uh, the demo here uh, for anybody who's uh, for anybody who's listening uh, because there is stuff to react to, react to to this. Uh, uh, you start out in a waiting room, uh, you take a number, you go through this waiting room several times and the number always increments by one because nobody else is going mm-hmm. through this. And what you're doing, like this is, it's like you're going on site to view a demo, like, okay, you're going to play the demo of the Stanley parable, but you never actually get to the demo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, uh, you pass by, I, I love this. There's a hallway that has four paintings of game, you know, like games with notable demos or famous demos. They've got gunpoint mm-hmm. metal gear, solid Two, half-life and Kentucky route zero. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, those are all good demos. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the hall of fame of demos. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but then the uh, the narrator's like, oh, you know, isn't the anticipation killing you as you're waiting for this? In fact, let's uh, let's prolong this. Why don't we show you how the demos are made? So it kind of takes you to a big a big room with a bunch of smaller rooms off of it that are all like divisions for like here's where we here's where we make the walls and he tells you to try to walk through it because like oh we made a wall you can walk through and then you just stop when you hit it and he says oh it must still be in development mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i love the idea of that the, the wall the wall is currently being developed so you cannot walk through it <laughs> uh but there's like a room you just like yes yeah, so a good thing about a demo is making you know is ma- uh, ma- uh, making the player feel good about themselves so here's where we come up with compliments for them but uh the, he runs out of compliments very early on like after two of them <laughs> Um, yeah yeah it's just a bunch of goofy stuff like that and you think okay i'm gonna go to the final choice room where i decide do i like the demo or not he locks you out oh, you dummy you haven't played you you haven't played the demo yet so you go back to the demonstration room um and the door opens and you walk through and you're back in the waiting room yeah Sorry. it just restarts yeah uh, <laughs> effectively like not really because you're gonna it's gonna increment on itself but it gives the illusion of restarting like again it's playing with the box yeah yeah um but you go through this a couple more times until it's just like okay there's no way to actually end this so why don't we just put you in a room with that's with a sign that says the end with thumbs up on it um mm-hmm. and then you, you you finally uh get to uh get to the escape and take the elevator uh, and then it opens uh, into the office door of the first game, and the game fades when you walk out um, into the yeah. cube cube farm. As, as what would start? Yeah. Um, the uh, I, I don't I don't have the demo fresh in my mind. Did you watch the trailer for this? The like you can do anything trailer that no. also it doesn't have anything to do with the game. <laughs> no, um, I, didn't. I that is really uh, that feels like it's very germane to the themes of the game. Oh yeah. Um, it presents itself as a a fake game where you can do literally anything. Okay. You know, like how video games do that. Yeah. And, uh, the, it's, it's very funny. It's like, you know, I see here the, you know, you've taken this bicycle and infused it with the, the ghost of your dead uncle. <laughs> now you can use this haunted bicycle to, uh, mine for gold or to find mineral deposits or to, you know, teach children the value of consequence or whatever. <laughs> and then a little loading bar pops up and it's, uh, in, uh, initiate snake oil salesman protocol <laughs> it's like oh you're going to use a ghost bike of your dead uncle in order to you know con the local townspeople very good <laughs> uh and the the funny that like the, what it's trying to say with that you know explaining the joke part of this people are probably groaning but what it's saying is like games that promise you can do anything that's not a thing no it's not like everything has to be accounted for and developed like it, it, yeah. it you know there, there is always going to be a constraint well, A, because there's constraints on the real world, but, like, everything has to be designed, you know? <laughs> you don't want a game where you can do anything. No. Like, you think you do, mm-hmm. but you certainly don't. Yeah. You know, because anything is is huge. It's 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 a pretty wide space. You know, the game where you can do anything, it's 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 like the game developers in Disco Elysium, where they're doing, mm-hmm. like, the little, little mainframe thing where they're like oh we need to allow for any possible combination of all these different character parts and have like an individual dialogue and it grows exponentially so much that the, that the studio goes out of business you yeah know? yeah and it, it contributes to the haunting of an entire commercial district yep <laughs> you know uh when you start the game for real um we we start so with a small cutscene, a voiceover about stanley he's employee number 427 
lives in an office. He pushes buttons for a living and he loves it. He relishes every order that comes in as though he was made exactly for this job. Because he was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the inciting incident is one day, uh, no one shows up for work. Mm -hmm. No orders came through his monitor. He's isolated and he decides to leave his office to see what's going on. Yeah, because a Stanley alone with no input is nothing. Right? Yes. Um, yep. Hand makes the glove. Right. Uh, so uh, each of these endings has its own name. Uh, the freedom ending, paradoxically, requires you to follow the narrator's instructions exactly. Um, yes. as you, as you go and you know, he's again, putting thoughts in your head, like, Oh, you see, you did this. It never happened to him before. What are the possibilities? And you reach your first choice, these two doors. And this is where he says, and Stanley went through the left door. And if you're like me, mm -hmm. I say, no, fuck you. He goes through the right door, but no. And this one, you go left. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That leads to different endings. It's, yes. it's a good thing to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you follow the instructions, you also get this, uh, this kind of payoff. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you head through some hallways and it, it's very like creepy, this entire building, yeah. uh, which even before it starts getting explicitly like dreamlike and non-Euclidean mm -hmm. in terms of its layout, uh, makes no sense. Yeah. Even initially, mm -hmm. um, you're going to check the conference room to see if you'd missed a, a memo. And, uh, the conference room has a slideshow and a whiteboard that is very funny. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, I, I think this is actually pretty good advice uh, not to get fired, which is just talk less. <laughs> yeah. Talk less and just um, do a really good job. I'd simply just yeah, do a really less. good job. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't stick your head up. You're not going to get whacked. <laughs> Um, so then he says, you know, Stanley decided to go check up with his off his boss's office and you get another choice. You can go up or down stairs. Um, you go up to your boss's office and you see behind his best desk, he has the sci-fi like sinister keypad. Mm -hmm. Um, and the narrator reveals the combination. Like Stanley, you know, knew that the combination was two, eight, four, five. He doesn't know how he knew this. It just mm -hmm. came to him. Yeah. Um, so this is like a, a place where several different jokes happen. Your first time through, mm -hmm. you're not going to know the combination. So you're going to wait for it. When you enter the uh, combo, uh, like a bookcase slides to the side and you go through a door kind of to this behind the, you know, behind the uh, scenes section, like in portal or something like that. Uh, on subsequent runs, if you enter the code before you should rightly know it, because you know you walk into the room and it takes time for him to deliver the lines. You just go put in two eight four five <laughs> instead of just opening mm -hmm. this. Uh, the narrator, their narrator, gets really cranky with you for jump. You like not being patient enough to listen to the text that he prepared. So he says, "All right, well, you must be really anxious. So why don't we play some new age music for a little bit to calm you?" <laughs> yeah. You go, you go into timeout yeah. uh, there. Um, as this goes, it seems like you're, every time you're starting, this is the same, but there will be subtle differences. Yes. Um, there are a lot of different intros uh, and such, and some of them are, you know, kind of hidden and goofy. Yeah. Um, you know, so at, eventually uh, you'll get there and the password will just be open and the narrator goes, yada, yada. There's a combination. <laughs> goes through the thing. Um but he can kind of go when you leave the room initially, you can have different messages as well. Mm -hmm. Like there's a message you can get. And I got it for the first time this playthrough. I never got it before, which was Stanley was sure he was being followed. And if he looked behind him at the right time, he'd catch whoever was doing it. <laughs> yeah. I've read about that. That it's, sounds so fucking creepy. <laughs> it's super good. I'd never gotten it before, but it's just uh -huh. like, Oh shit. <laughs> That's great. Um, the, uh, the secret passage opens, uh, you go, you go through it. And, uh, you know, the narrator says, uh, you know, Stanley feels emboldened. He's able to make decisions on his own for the first time. 
mm-hmm. uh, here. And of course, the irony being you're not making any decisions. You're just doing what the narrator says. Yeah. All you did was just, you know, like, yes, you are technically out of bounds. You shouldn't be back here, but it is still within the framework of the game, you know? Yes. Uh, so, uh, you're given a branch here. Uh, one, one catwalk leads to the mind control facility, whereas another one, uh, it just has a handwritten escape sign, uh, on it. Uh, saying like, Mm -hmm. you know, go out, go out this way for freedom. Um, if you go to the mind control facility, you find that there is a huge, you're inside of this huge silo that is lined with TV screens, each one showing the viewpoint of the different employees um from uh, the company or whatever this is that is here and the narrator introduces this this like joy can doubt Mm -hmm. you know like he's he's horrified like is this the reason why i was happy accepting orders Mm -hmm. because i was being controlled to be happy yeah you know uh like what is the difference between you know feeling happy due to external stimulus or something from within or if you're able to be controlled from outside mm-hmm. just being made to be happy like yeah. you're still happy it still spends mm-hmm. you know as uh, kind of what they're they're saying a little bit with this um you get to this room full of buttons that control kind of emotions and movements um this control system needs a reset when you go and do that you're in this power room where the narrator says you can turn off the mind control machine and free everybody um you get a different ending if you don't um <laughs> but here uh if you do so um, it opens up the facility. Like mm-hmm. you get this large bumper bunker door and the narrator spills all this purple prose about, uh, you know, you being exalted, you know, your life being your own, you know, maybe, uh, the idea was th- not to search for meaning, mm-hmm. but to realize, you know, the value of meaning. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it was, it was just to realize this isn't actually that important. Yeah. Essentially like give up and, and live in the matrix or <laughs> live in the joy can <laughs> right. or whatever. He, he, he blue pills you. Yeah, no, he blue pills you as it opens on, you know, just some you know, greenery, right? It just, you're on a, mm-hmm. you're in a countryside, uh, and, uh, you can, you, you can step out and just hearing all the stuff about liberation and freedom and not chasing every mystery. Um, you know, and this is the most positive the game ever gets, uh, while, yeah. you know, uh, talking about freedom as you, uh, exercise exactly zero freedom. Yeah, it's one of two times the game actually takes control away from you mm-hmm. uh, or Stanley. Um, as soon as you step outside, it turns into a cutscene. Yes. And you you cannot, your, your inputs no longer do anything. Right. Um, so this is, you know, the beauty and the freedom of seeding control. Again, like that Devo song, mm-hmm. you know, freedom from choice is what you actually want. Right. Um, and this restarts you at the office. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go through all that again, and instead of pressing the mind control button off, you can turn it on. Um, and this is great. Uh, the narrator then switches from like a good cop to bad cop immediately. Oh yeah. Oh, you're, you're going to disobey me. All right. Oh, so you want to take control of all of this? Like you're not going to follow my story, eh? but also you think that you can use these buttons to do a better job than me. Well, you know, since you ruined my story, guess what? Uh, this place is going to blow up. There's going to be a nuclear detonation in two minutes. He justifies it in the fiction, mm-hmm. which I love so much. He's like, that button was programmed that if it didn't have the correct DNA sequence, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it would trigger a nuclear failsafe. Yeah. No, you, you know, can't, you it's can't still tag within me. the I dumb a... sci-fi, you know, of the, of the first ending. You can't tag me. I have a force field up. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's literally that. <laughs> and he, he does this uh, thing where you have two minutes and you're in a room full <clears> of <throat> buttons and levers and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just like fucking dressing you down yep you know absolutely like you're probably wondering what happened to your coworkers. well tell you what i erased them mm-hmm. 
I you can know, do that. Other you times know? I do like this is the um you know the the Grant Morrison Animal Man ending. Yeah. Like no, I you're my creation and I'm not good to you. Right, right. You don't remember this, but I've killed you, you know, thousands of times. And like the yes. narrator uh, basically is am in some of these. Very am. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I love, you know, so you go around and if you go around and press buttons and stuff, he's like, mm -hmm. why are you doing that? You're so convinced that there's some answer, <laughs> right? Like you can press a button and stop the timer, but that's ridiculous. Why would that be the case? Yeah. You know, like, I don't want it to be the case. Mm -hmm. I could put the, you in a cut the reason scene. Why you think, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but I like, like, the reason why you, the player thinks it's the case is because video game, right? You're controlling, I'm pressing buttons and it's doing stuff. So I should be able to press those buttons and do stuff to be able to press buttons in the game and do stuff in the game and win. Yeah. Yeah, like I should I should be able to escape this because this is a video game problem and video game problems leads to video game solutions. Mm -hmm. um, and of, nah. of, of course, because th there's no such thing as irony, really, um, the people uh, for a long time believed that there was a correct combination of buttons you could press to uh, get a new ending here. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. just kind of one of those. Oh, what a sucker. One of those urban what legends. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but like he adds some time to the timer, uh, to, just to, so he can continue his, uh, his monologue, which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. but then eventually the timer ends screen goes white. Boom. You're dead. That's what you Almost get. For the disobeying. most sadistic of yeah. the, uh, the narrator from the narrator functions. to you. There's one that's way more sadistic that you can do the narrator. Yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking of the apartment ending. Oh yeah. I think the apartment yeah. ending is, is way meaner. Oh, <laughs> uh, than this, um, yeah, because it, it's I'm in that picture and I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one did make me yeah. cry the first time I played yeah. it. Yeah, that may have been because yeah, yeah, I was that, drinking. That's but, a rough one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you uh, do all the same things we talked about and instead take the the hastily written like escape path uh, there, um, the narrator passes you off basically mm -hmm. uh, at a certain point. He says, you know, all this, although this passage had the word escape written on it, in truth, at the end of this was uh, this hall, Stanley would find his violent death. <laughs> um, and you go down this very, very long uh, hallway while the narrator tries to convince you to go back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and the fact that you're not doing this, you're obviously consciously disobeying me. He is getting angrier and angrier. And he's saying, Door doors open. You can, you can just recover that ground, go back. Yep. Um, but then you get to the end and you jump down this hatch and fall through a shaft landing in this weird little half-life platform car that is conveying you down, uh, this line toward two crushing plates. Um, yeah. and then like I, one of those crusher things that shows up, you know, like, like crushers, like, like crushers yeah. have, uh, and the narrator yeah. as you know, you are inching along just talks about how pointless your life was. That's kind of a, a theme. Uh, and a lot of these, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, and it could have just ended there, and that mm -hmm. would have been fine. But instead, the plates freeze right before you're crushed, and a second narrator pops in. <laughs> um, a female narrator, yep, uh, pops up. You fall instead of getting you get described as being crushed, but instead of getting crushed, you fall into this catwalk below, and you are now in uh, this like back room. You know, with these uh, large glowing letters that say the Stanley parable, mm -hmm. um, the narrator says, you know, soon you're going to be back in your office. What did you think you were going to accomplish by going no, off no. of this? W what did the narrator think he was going oh, to yeah. accomplish by doing this to you? So I, I love this because all you have to do to make the narrator not omniscient is to put another layer on top of him that is describing yeah. the, the, that that is putting describes him on. The narrator. Yeah, putting him on a rail by 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 uh, describing what he has done. 
Right. Yeah. Who who narrates the narrator? And th- this is the ending that goes the strongest into the dualism stuff, where it's like, you know, uh, all of Stanley's choices had been preordained before, you know, he had them, and you know, what is the difference between like, he was already effectively dead is the thing. The narrator is right. He was dead before he started this, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you're, if, if you're dead at that point, what meaning does your life have? Right. You know, again, extremely bleak. Um, (laughs) and just, uh, you know, talking about, uh, free will and lifting the curtain on the construct of the reality that you're in, in the game, Uh, because you walk into this, uh, big, beautiful museum, (laughs) That shows assets from the game, things from different stages of the game, like overhead maps of areas you've been in. Dioramas of the office. Yeah. Yep. You've been dead from the start. (laughs) I love this museum because it is laid out like a museum, like architecturally, Mm -hmm. like drawing you into into different wings to like different exhibits. There are plaques that are informative. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) it's, It's good stuff. But, you know, regardless, you'll see everything. You'll get to the exit and you'll see an on and off switch, you know, like and then the narrator says, oh, look at these two as you go back to the crusher, how they wish to control one another, how they wish to destroy one another, how they both wish to be free. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then again, there is this dependence uh, uh, or charitably reliance a necessary, um, you know, and just the the necessary nemesis that, that both of them need to have or anything they do to mean anything. And, and she lays it out. Uh, she says, you know, the only actual choice you have here, the only way to save both of you from this relationship is to stop the game. Mm -hmm. Um, not walk somebody else's path, just turn off the game and walk away. Yeah. You know, uh, of course you don't do that because it's a video game and she's like begging you to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you die. Yep. Uh, and the game restarts, (laughs) you know, uh, the only winning move is not to play like anything that's within this constrained play space that we've created uh, is not, you know, you are dancing to somebody's tune no matter what, when you are playing a game. Yes. Um, there's kind of a minor ending here. That's a a little bit of nothing. Uh, the escape pod Mm -hmm. ending where, you know, as you're going, uh, through, through certain, through certain areas, it's notable which doors close behind you and which don't. Um, Mm -hmm. if a door doesn't close behind you, it means that it's always an option to go back. Um, even if it doesn't necessarily mean anything, uh, one of the, one of the doors that you can go through before it closes, um, you can walk in start the animation and then back right out is the door to the boss's office. Uh, -hmm. and there's no narration on this path. You walk all the way back through the office to get back to Stanley's little closet, but the, uh, you know, room 427 is closed. The, the door next to it is open, leading to this ridiculously long stairwell that goes up to it an, an escape pod. Yeah, uh, and when you step into it, it just goes to black. Yeah. Uh, there are still people trying, as of uh, like 2020, I read an article of people trying to figure out if there's more to this. Yeah. This is this is still causing playground rumors. Mm-hmm. It just, it feels very unfinished. So... And it's hard to say because, you know, these developers are jokesters. I wonder what they'll do in the deluxe version. Yeah, me too. I wonder if they'll add to it. Yeah. Um, if you go through everything in the beginning and instead of going upstairs to your boss, you go downstairs. Uh, then area says like, oh, you know, I, but Stanley couldn't do it. Like he couldn't reveal to his boss that he had left his post, <laughs> um, you know, hang down there. And he's like, he starts questioning his sanity. Yeah. You know, that would make him go crazy. Maybe everyone disappearing means he's crazy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you start walking through these utility halls um, and these start looping. Yep. Um, but it's not a circle. It's just a, a loop. It's just a line. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
uh, it's just a line you continue forever. Uh, mm -hmm. Really cool because it can take a, a moment um, to figure this out, partly because of the language of video games, mm -hmm. right? Like being in a basement with uh, repeating assets like that is not uncommon. Right. Uh, you know, like you play like fear, you end up in a basement that looks like this and a lot of the rooms <laughs> look exactly the same. So yeah. you get that feeling of creeping dread that it's repeating. Yeah. Um, yeah. and also like there, there's that kind of reset that happens mentally when you go through doors. Uh, mm -hmm. that's why, that's like why you forget what you went into a room for. And like that can happen yes. as well, um, in, uh, in virtual spaces. So that contributes to that a little bit too. And as you're going, Stanley says, no, I can't be, I, I, I can't be insane. I must be dreaming, you know, like, ah, and yes. And, and suddenly Stanley was flying and your character starts floating. And suddenly he was in a field of stars and you're still in the room, but it just had some star particle effects. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> it looks really neat. Like it, it is, it's cheap, mm -hmm. you know, but it looks super cool. Yeah. And you're trying to do this to wake up. Like you're dreaming. Uh, and he's like, what, well, actually, why hadn't Stanley asked himself the most obvious question of all? There's a voice in his head. Mm -hmm. How can the voice be describing itself? You know, like, is he describing the voice that is describing the voice mm -hmm. that is describing what he's doing? Yeah. You know, like, am I the dream of a turtle kind of stuff? Yeah. Who's, who, who's, who's holding the mirrors that are pointing at each other? And, you know, um, that, how important is it who held the mirror up first, I guess? Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and he, he's like, you know, he's still, he's dreaming. Like he's going to close his eyes. He's going to feel the sheet, you know, he's going to, uh, you know, feel the pillow and wake up and you close your eyes and it goes to black and then you open them. And it's the exact same scene you're in. Yep. <laughs> like, you know, you're not dreaming and Stanley starts losing it. Mm -hmm. uh, music kicks up, the screen turns red. You're screaming, you're begging for help uh, until eventually uh, it turns all the way red. Mm -hmm. Um, and it opens again, uh, with the same narration instead of saying, this is a story of a, a man named Stanley. It's, this is a story of a woman named Morella. Mm -hmm. Uh, the narrator describes this woman and we, and we see this scene from above, um, who is standing next to the body of a man who was ranting and raving down the streets before he ultimately collapsed dead on the sidewalk. Um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, implying that what you were playing through was some kind of dying fantasy. Um, and Mariella, instead of feeling compassion or feeling sorry for this is just relieved that she herself is not suffering like this. And mm -hmm. instead of, you know, waiting and calling help or doing anything, she remembers, Oh, I have work to get to let's split, let, let's move on. Uh, and I would say just, ignore, just ignoring a body on the sidewalk is also pretty, uh, I, I don't mm -hmm. like, like, like the word that, that, that well, but crazy. Like it's not, yep. it's, it's not, that's not the way a human behaves. <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the, it is keying in on a key part of fiction that deals with insanity. Yes. You know, like her being like, Oh, I'm glad I'm not that person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that is the core grindhouse appeal of like a madhouse. Yeah. You know, that, that's the part of our subconscious that it's touching there, but for you the know, grace of God. Yeah. Yeah. Ableism or no. Like yes. that is why it works on our lizard brains mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good, good, good ending <laughs> on that one. Uh, and now we're at a really meaty one. Uh <laughs> yeah. This is the, the meatiest yes. of them. Um, this is a, so if you take the right door instead, um, and then you go down the maintenance tunnel. So, uh, when you take the right door, um, initially it's like, you know, Stanley knew damn well that it wasn't the right way to the office, but maybe you wanted to stop by the employee lounge to admire it. 
Um, I love the employee lounge because when you first show up, uh-huh. um, it says, you know, like, what a beautiful room. This room has <laughs> justified it. If you hang out in the room for a while, uh, you know, the narrator realize, you know, starts not selling the lie. And mm-hmm. then eventually if you do this enough times, then as you walk, just to admire it and you walk in and it goes, it was okay. <laughs> uh, which I, really, <laughs> I, I love that delivery it's just it's uh, just i love it because you're going to pass through here several times because of the way the game is structured and you know it, you're going to hear a lot of different ways that this this room you know has changed stanley's life and it's just kind of this large kind of poorly laid out room with a couple of couches and some drink machines and a coffee machine <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah it just it's, it sucks but it did, you know, just uh, the narrator. He can only conceive. The only reason why Stanley would disobey him to come here is it is it because he got something out of it, right? So he's working yeah. it into the story. And then, like after this, he gives you uh, an option, like the hall. You know, you go, you leave the hallway, and it says, "Ah, but fortunately, there was a maintenance tunnel back to the story I was trying to tell." <laughs> You know, the door, the door is open off to the left, uh, or you could just continue going straight. Uh, if you go through the maintenance tunnel, there's another temptation. There's an elevator that goes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, so you can, you can choose that or not, mm-hmm. uh, down here. Um, the narrator kind of, uh, when you get down to the bottom the narrator kind of dicks around with you. Um, you know, he's not sure which way you should go. He's like, oh, you should go to the one on the left and, uh, you know, it doesn't work. He's like, oh, no, 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 the right. Like, he closes the door before you get there. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and eventually, when you come out, you walk into the silo from the first ending mm-hmm. full of TV screens. And the area says, oh, this is a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Like, this, we can't use the story. You already know the ending of it. We should just start over. Yeah. And you think you're just starting over, but you are still in the ending. <laughs> it's so good. I just, yeah. I, I love how many, like, any of these that start over like that. Um, mm-hmm. as, as you try to think, okay, is this going to be new or is it not? Um, yeah, just that, 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 that sense of doubt, uh, the whole, uh, I thought I woke up from the dream, but I was still dreaming kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like this whole thing is him hastily trying to come up with a story out of like the remnants of the old one, kind of like if he dropped his cards and they came up out of order and he's trying yes. desperately to find his place. Um, and you know, because of that, because he lost his place, um, uh, you like the, uh, all of the space is now illogical. And when I say that, I mean like hallways will turn left four times, um, and they should yes. pass through themselves. It's some real like anti-chamber house of leaves or like stunt build engine maps kind of, you know, kind of things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's like, well, it's broken. We have to start over again, but I don't think we're, you know, I find it hard to believe that we'll make progress if we just keep starting over and over again. <laughs> when you, uh, you do so, you get to the wrong room again. There are no doors there. Yep. So he okay. Says, yep. Uh, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's very casual it. about this. Uh, huge, huge, like messing up a PowerPoint presentation energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, he directs you to go back to your office uh, and you end up in the hallway that loops around again, as we mentioned, you double back and you end up in this kind of dilapidated unfinished room that he, he mentions like, I'm, uh, we didn't finish this one. I don't even really know where this is at. It's kind of creeping like, me uh, out. <laughs> yeah. It's got, it, it looks creepy. It's like a, a barn level or something. Yeah. He goes, well, how about this? Uh, you win. <laughs> Congratulations. Like I know this kids. was very hard for you and you've earned it. <laughs> But he can't, he, he can't lie. He can't, uh, like, he can't bring himself to reward you for doing nothing, for just kind of fucking him up. You're like, no, no, I know you didn't work for this at all. It's not going to do. So he restarts you. 
mm-hmm. and he does like a yeah. perfect dark zero or like a dead space on you and says, okay, you wake up in the office and right, right outside, there's a, a, a long yellow line painted on the floor. It's called the Stanley Parable Adventure Line. Here, this will make yeah. sure that everything goes the way it should. Just follow the, like, the actual visual cue that we put here, you know, and if you follow the line into my office and around the desk, you will emerge back out the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, as you follow the line, it seems to make sense at first, even though it's like dodging around stuff on the ground, mm-hmm. you know, it's a video game. That stuff is stuck there. Um, and the narrator starts questioning it. Um, you know, whether this is, is following the line, the story, it doesn't seem very much like a story because it doesn't have a destination, but they mm-hmm. say that the destination is more important yeah. or the, the journey is more important than destination. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he's doing this, the line starts on like wavering and going up walls, going through things, you know, going up onto the ceiling and such becomes yeah. harder to follow. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just, I, I love as he begins to doubt himself and just get into philosophical wankery. It's it's like his hand gets less steady drawing the thing in front of you. And it's not, yeah. it's not yeah. moving. Like it's, it, it's, it's all there. It is just being exposed to you as you walk along timed to his uh, narration. <laughs> talk about doing a lot with a little. Yeah. You know, and that like this is just level design stuff. That's just a, a, a you know, a texture mm-hmm. they put on. Yeah, uh, on, on that thing. So to get to, to get you back uh, to get to get you back on track, he says, oh, "Let's lighten the mood and play some uh, play some music." And it's, it's an adventure, and he plays like a knockoff Indiana Jones theme kind of thing as you're going through like uh, uh, file storage rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, very very good. Um, you pass by a fern and he tells you to remember it because it'll be important later. Uh, this is a lie. Uh, the line crosses itself back into the offices and leads you to the silo. Uh, again, to the spoiler. And the narrator yells at the line. It's fully out of his control. Yeah. You know, there, there are powers here above him. Uh, and you restart again. Um, as you try to follow the line, the door just closes. And he says, listen, we don't need the line. We can forge our own path. <laughs> Um, I, the, I created the, the this Frankenstein's thing. monster of the line. <laughs> we, we don't need it. Just, just, just again, yeah. what, what is the narrator subordinate to, you know, yeah. just the, 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 the designer is invisible in this, but, uh, it just it is constantly putting these things in and the fact that he is rebelling against the line that he created, just like you rebel yes. against him. <laughs> yeah. Put the, uh, the Stanley parable adventure line in smash. Oh Yeah. <laughs> this is the character i most want for smash yep move over jc dutton (laughs) yep yeah yeah and and gabriel knight (laughs) guybrush three wood put anything from a pc game in there you fucking cowards (laughs) um but if 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 anything it's gotta be the stanley parable adventure line of course um so you're on your path you know you're, you're you're going but there's no direction and space stops cohering you're going through you know, um, <laughs> logical always. And then as you're, as you're walking, the, 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 the adventure line crashes back through the drop ceiling. Like it is obviously like burst, burst through. And, you know, Stanley's like, or the narrator's like, no, just ignore it. Just, it, it'll go away. Don't look at it. Don't follow it. And eventually it, it disappears back up into the ceiling. Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, you eventually, as you make your way through here, um, you get to a, a circular room. He tells you to walk in circles while he thinks, he eventually opens a door for you and it has an outline, like a flow chart of this ending, mm-hmm. which you are only in the middle of. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it shows your hand to restart eight times. The narrator will forget mm-hmm. what happened. And he's like, I, I don't want to forget. Like, I don't want to be in the position that I put you in. Mm-hmm. 
essentially. It's just um, uh, that's he, like the idea behind the sun thing, basically. He is outraged and offended uh, that uh, th- that this could happen to him with no uh, w- w- with no awareness that this is exactly what he has been doing to you the whole time. Yeah. Um, narrator is to Stanley as Davy Reedon is to narrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so and he's like, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to stand here and. Then the timer that is this is like you've been in this you know, on this path for 17 minutes or so. Um, it stops and he talks for a bit saying, oh, well, you know, it feels really good. And he's, he's cut off by a buzzer mid sentence and then it restarts. So it mm-hmm. was never in his control in the first place. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, the uh, if you go in the first time you go to the, the warehouse, uh, which you can go to down the elevator mm-hmm. down the right path. Uh, if you go down there, uh, you can just follow this uh, little crane that takes you across the way. And uh, the narrator kind of says like, listen, we got off on the wrong foot. You've been disobeying me. I'm here to help you. You know, this whole story has actually been about you. And honestly, you're being selfish because the story isn't for me. It's for her. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't, the first time we've been introduced to like another character other than Mariella. Mm-hmm. Um, you walk into a dark room uh, here and there's a phone ringing <laughs> under a light. It's like generally pretty creepy. And he's just like, it's up to you, Stanley. Can you place your faith in another? Can you get like, essentially like, can you get her back? Yeah. It, it kind of suggests around like a cats in the cradle jingle all the way kind of scenario. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, which, before which it does is something you, way worse. You, you know, you, you're married to the job. You, you're, you're, uh, you, you know, you're neglectful of her. Right. And so your yeah. your choices you can you know cho- choose to pick up the phone, uh, and when you do, it fades to white, and you're outside of apartment four twenty seven, just like there's office four twenty seven, and you hear your wife inside saying, "Oh, I'm finishing up the you know finishing up dinner. I'll open the door for you in yep. a moment." Um, and her voice warps as the door opens and reveals that she's a mannequin, and Stanley laughs at you. Oh, who'd want to commit their life to you? And this is him yeah. uh, saying, all right, how about some emotional abuse? How about some existential, basically like mega gaslighting? <laughs> this is so bleak. Yeah. <laughs> like the mannequin still moves. It leads you into the apartment where you're in this kind of like small studio apartment or mm-hmm. one bedroom apartment saying in the kitchen uh, as the narrator is kind of dressing you down. You know, this is the story of the death of a man named Stanley, his mm-hmm. inconsequential existence. Every once in a while uh, there are, are prompts that come up that are not from the narrator that are, you know, the prompts that you would get at the, uh, at your job, mm-hmm. like good morning, Stanley, please, please press F. Every time you do part of the apartment transforms back into office, mm-hmm. uh, material. It'll be like press and it starts taking, uh, commands that you would do for work and starts contextualizing them in your life. So it'll just be like, just press F, just press N. And then it will be like, press Q to eat lunch, mm-hmm. press W to go to bed. Yeah. You know, things you do in your, in your day-to-day, you know, work-a-day shitty life. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, like, the, the narrator is describing, you know, like, oh, Stanley worked this pointless job and he was miserable at it. He would sit there and in his mind, he would go on adventures to escape, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, he would make up these fantastical situations because, you know, here's a quote, the mere thought that his decisions would mean something was almost too wonderful to behold. His fantasy was that he, you know, was not in the situation that he that, that he was in. And as it talks about him going into this escape and the, you know, the house, the life outside of work, the life outside of, you know, being told what to do, you know, incrementally changes back. The prompts start taking on 
uh, the nature of things that Stanley never got to do. You know, yeah, press yeah. J to tell a story to your kid. Press W to kiss your wife. Press P to hang with the boys. I love press P. I yeah, just a screenshot of like press P to hang with the boys. <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't been memeified. Yep. Uh, now that the boys are in, uh-huh. you know, like people love talking about the boys. Oh, well, the boys are back in town, dude. <laughs> yeah, the boys are back on Twitter. The back. Uh, but uh, I love I love uh, press the, to hang out with the boys. Um, so the, it's turning into you know there was never no apartment, right? You know, and the line you know as the apartment is turning slowly into your office, it's questioning like what is the difference? Like if you work in this work a day, you know, drudgery, like the the line is going to blur between your apartment and your your work anyway. Mm-hmm. You You know, know, this is very similar to the museum thing where it's like, you may as well not exist. Yeah. Um, You know, because, because you are locked in this and life is passing you by, you know, there, there there is something that, that landed you here, you know, instantly unfulfilled and all you can do, you know, the most miserable thing is to be present in the situation that you're in. Right. Yes. Uh, And he says, you know, he's like, listen, you fantasizing about all those things you can do is killing you. Like, you have no choice in here. Ignore the next button prompt. And you can't because the game doesn't move on. Mm -hmm. You know, again, going into that, like, would you kindly stuff, you're always going to take the path ahead of you at a video game uh, thing. But also tying it into real life. You know, you're also just going to keep showing up for work even if you hate your job. Yeah. Um, You know, it says uh, press G to be at work in the next morning. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and just nothing will happen. And when you do it, the transformation is complete. You're in your office. Mm-hmm. Um, these prompts are random. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got press U to question nothing, okay. which I, I thought Ooh. was going to be in, you know, intentional. I didn't realize that they were, they were random. Yeah. Cause yeah. it looks like you got six. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the narrator talks about, you know, it's trying to, you know, keep, get through to you. Like, it's almost like you just haven't, you know, you haven't woke up. You're not fully, you're, you're not fully in the bleakness of the reality. And then uh, the prompt comes up. There's no button prompt. It just says, please die. Uh, and then you die, yeah. which is some, just synecdoche, New York. But also that yeah. movie fucking <laughs> destroys me. So there yeah. we are. <laughs> these, are, these, are good, these are good themes to me. Yes, these are uh, incredibly good themes. Uh, just the, uh, the, the, the bleakness of you know, consigning the best years of your life over to something else, you know, outside of you yeah. and ending up yeah. empty handed, uh, at the end of it, you know, and also and it happens to almost all of us. And it's, it's, it's considered a virtue in our society. Yeah. You know, and, and even beyond that, you know, this is the one that I think really lays bare a lot of what this game is trying to say about free will and without mm-hmm. getting too into like the you know college stoner kind of things the, what what i have come to feel and what i think this game is saying is there is no such thing as a a, a choice that you make on your own because you're always defined by your circumstances and also what is you your executive decision is only one part of like the software stack that is you and it doesn't talk to your limbic system directly and it does not interact with or have a lot of control over where you live or how much money you have or who you're depending on or who depends on you. And so you can trick yourself into thinking the executive part of my brain is me. Um, but everything is always constrained from the start by your shitty yeah, job. It's, it's, yeah. It's all you. <laughs> yes. 
you know, like the, the, we greatly overstate the amount of freedom that we have. Yes. You know, and um, you know, especially you, like in, in this fucking country yep. where it's considered, uh, like a trucker slogan, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's the kind of thing somebody will just buy a hat to wear about <laughs> yeah. how much freedom we have. It's a thought terminating. Like, I mean, it's a thought terminating cliche, right? Yeah. You know, so, so ludicrous to buy a hat with the idea <laughs> with that advertises freedom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a concept. Yeah. Like you, you, know? can, you can decide that a form of free will exists, but also like, I don't know. It's a distinction without a difference because you, yeah, no, you know, no man is an Island. There, there's a degree. It's a matter of degrees and, and complexity. Yeah. You know, like there is free will. Like mm-hmm. I could, I could, I can go out and just stand in front of a bus mm-hmm. if I want to, I could, you know, quit podcasting. Like I did things to end up where I'm at now, mm-hmm. but also things happen to me. Yeah. And finding the exact line between those things is nigh impossible. Yes. You know, knowing what was responsible for what is very difficult and a maddening exercise. Yeah. Um, there are a thousand strings attached to every decision that you make. Um, yeah. Consider your divorce. You could reach the end yeah. and never know exactly where things went wrong. Yeah. Which is just the uh, funeral monologue from Zanetti in New York. Yeah. And is also very true. Yeah. Um, we should do that for unfilmable at some point. Oh God. Um, but twist my arm, dude. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, that, is, that is a good horror movie. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so another ending, uh, if you get to this phone that is supposed to have your wife on it and you unplug it, um, instead of answering the phone, uh, the narrator pretends that he did not realize this was possible. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, hey, that deci- this decision was meaningful. None of your decisions were supposed to mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's not what Stanley would do. You must not be Stanley. You're the player. Yeah, you're a real like, person. This changes everything. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's risky. Listen, <laughs> you need to learn a little bit about uh, choice. And he gives you, shows you a, a like a 50s film strip. Mm-hmm. about choice and consequence uh which is very funny well it's, it's basically um, just bioshock kind of <laughs> um, yeah it's it's well it's funnier bioshock yes. because it's like you know you can choose to improve the world the lives of third world children or set them on fire mm-hmm. the way you improve their lives is to light their cigarettes for them <laughs> yeah. uh it's so fucking funny i, I love yeah. that so much like to let a gentleman but, but just, <laughs> but I just, I just love this. I forget. Might have been like Nick Sutner or, some, or somebody on a, on a podcast talking about. I think the um, infamous games. You know, just it was which was at a point like around 2010 was where just I think the conversation around morality systems and games got to be like just got to started realizing how dumb it was. But it's like, oh, mm-hmm. the 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 complexity of the choices that are given to you is you know, either save the box of puppies or put it under a crusher, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that's not, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a moral choice, but also it, it has nothing to do with anything actually. Yeah. It, kill, kill the puppy, the puppy or whatever. Yeah. 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 Silly shit. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, and the strip goes on saying, Oh, making a logical choices is bad and goes into all this like kooky FDA stuff. Like, Oh, you should make eight choices a day. And if you begin wondering if anything is meaningful, if any of them actually mean anything, you should just remember that on a cosmic scale, you're insignificant. None of this matters. Yeah. This is one of those things where like, I agree with that, but it's, it's saying it in a very blunt way that reminds me, um, that feels like, oh yeah, this guy was 22 when he made this. Yes. Like there, this is not the most sophisticated way to express this Denny's at 2am idea, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but even if I am sympathetic to it, 
it's 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 an old it's kind of a cliche like it's an yeah. old hitchhiker's guide mm-hmm. you know the 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 machine that shows your significance in the universe yep um however you know so even having this education things are fucked now you go back in the the phone room uh but it's it's corrupted mm-hmm. and uh he says you know as you need to go back to the beginning to do this as you head back to the lift uh the lift now has fences on the edges so you can't leave because <laughs> you're a real person if you die it might matter <laughs> yeah like we can't we can't have you uh controlling yourself yeah uh and as you head back things are are breaking down well, um, we get back to that first branch point with the two doors um and the uh it's you the narrator says like listen just do what stanley would do mm-hmm. and when you go up to the boss's office it's different yeah um there's a, a voice activated uh <laughs> lock and the uh the the combination is night shark 115 <laughs> um but you can't speak you're stanley yeah you know the player can speak but mm-hmm. th- there's no medium or, or way to do it in the game did, did you try speaking into a microphone that was hooked to your computer uh, I said Night Shark 15, 115 out loud yeah. uh, because I like the idea of a Night Shark. Yeah, Night Shark is good. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a line I want to highlight in this as as the narrator is, you know, trying to trying to figure out how to accommodate you. You know, he's a little bit like a like an anxious host. He's like, oh, unfortunately, it seems this place is not well equipped to deal with reality, which same um yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah and he, he like the the narrator as he keeps on saying night shark 115 just say it uh he loses his patience you know says mm-hmm. explain yourself and no i can't explain myself i can't speak um and so he's like all right well we're just gonna put you back at the door to make your choice again yep uh and when we go there if you take the the right door the geometry is corrupted we can't continue. If you go left, we get to the conference room and everything is intersecting. It looks like a, a steam glitch. Yeah. You know, like just a bunch of assets overlapping. S- something that I um, love about this, like the particular way that it is broken. It's one of those things where to make it look convincingly broken would be a lot harder to do than actually setting it up to be right. Like, I don't know how yeah. you would put this space together to make it as fucked up as it is without causing like a map leak error or something like that. Like, oh, yeah. there's there, there's a seam that didn't close here because of the way this is a uh, high degree of difficulty for that. Big, uh, big kind of presaging uh, the beginner's guide. Yeah. As well, which deals with these kind of glitchy, unreal spaces mm-hmm. um, in, in video games and amateur game making. Yeah. Uh, so the narrator <laughs> says, I can't deal with uh, the fact that reality is corruptible. We're just going to keep reliving this over and over again. I'm just going to keep realizing that all of this could be broken in an instant, in, in, in an instant. So he resolves to shut the game down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it goes, uh, goes black uh, here and you're back in this ruined office uh, there. His voice kind of comes back and he's, he's chiding you like for being a child, for being insubordinate and ignoring his work. Uh, and he basically, uh, it cuts to black and he ejects you. He ejects mm-hmm. the player from the Stanley. Mm-hmm. Um, you're standing above the choice. You're seeing Stanley in third person for the, the second time in the whole game staying still. And she, he, the narrator is begging Stanley to move, mm-hmm. you know, you're all I have. Uh, but we are the player. We're moving up and down on top of the ceiling, looking down mm-hmm. on the avatar that we're now disconnected from. Yeah. And um, all three of us is trapped now. Because of this separation, Stanley without the player is nothing and the narrator without Stanley is nothing. And that truth is too hard to bear. Yep. Hand makes the glove. 
Yep. Um, the uh, if you get to that crane and you jump off of the crane uh, that leads to the phone and follow the narrator's instructions, we get our next ending mm-hmm. um, where you jump off onto this catwalk, and the uh, the narrator is really offended. He's like, "Oh, you, you don't trust me? You know, you think I'm going to hurt you?" Um, please just give me a chance. Mm-hmm. And you go into another room where you're presented with two doors, uh, red and blue. Mm-hmm. And he says to go through the red door. Yeah. Um, which gives us our first ending here. Yeah. Uh, so you go through the red door and you're stuck in a circular hallway, uh, that just keeps going and going. And the narrator is kind of trying to sell you saying, all right, it's clear that we need each other. Right. So let's just mm-hmm. play together. I know, I know that there was no trust there you know, before, but I will show you good stuff. Right. Uh, why don't I take you to something beautiful? And he opens the door and you step into a black void. Uh, and at the end of the black void is this, another door that is opened up and lit and you can kind of see this beautiful light coming through and you end up in the one room that makes the narrator happy. Yeah. Uh, on this kind of platform, uh, with this light show, this like Borealis. Yeah. Uh, here. And, uh, he, he loves it. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, I actually feel happy. This is beautiful. Um, but we're the player. We don't, we're not here to be content with a static thing. No. Like as a player, we are driven to push forward towards a win condition. Mm-hmm. We're not set to enjoy the flowers, No, you know? No. So like, we leave and all it does is take us to a suicide room, like a room with a gigantic stairway that goes to nowhere that is just for jumping. <laughs> yep. And you know, you know, the, the narrator is just trying to say, no, don't you want to go back to that other room? It's so nice. Isn't it great? Like, why would you want to be in here? And you climb to the top and you, and you jump off. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, you and narr- yeah, just like you get a, get a flash of red on the screen. And the narrator's like, no, if you, if you do this, it'll just reset. I won't, I won't remember how to get here. And you're taking away the only moment of moment of happiness. How could you be so cruel to me? Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's begging you. It's a great performance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you dip, dip back into the heaven room, he will show you new lights. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be like, like, let's go back to the room. And if you do it, he shows you new things, trying to entice you to stay in something that is beautiful, but boring. Yeah. It's a win know, visualization. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's trying, you know, he's, isn't this nice? And he'll show you new ones. Like he's mm-hmm. the desperation really comes through. Yeah. But you know, yes. you've got to jump from the jump from the stairs three or four times. You know, as he says, my God, is this how much you dislike my game? That you'll throw yourself from the stairs over and over again to be rid of it. You know, yep. and finally he's resigned. He says, you know, it's a, it looks like you wanted to make a choice after all. Well, this one is yours. And as you, as you, as you jump and as you land, you know, you're laying in a dead heap on the floor. He says, is it over? And halfway between him, you know, like halfway through the sentence, he goes, I'm going back. And then restart. Like, it's yep. like Mikolash. Like, no, I can't wake up. There's nothing for me yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, very very Mikolash. Wants yeah. to stay in the joy can. Yeah. Um, and for him, the joy can is, you know, is the static thing. For the player, that's not going to work. No. You know, nothing can break. He, you know, uh, he wants that. Mm-hmm. Um, going through Blue Door, this is uh, the one I think is the funniest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of these to me. Uh, it's not the most tragic or anything, but I think this is very funny. Mm-hmm. You do everything we talked about before. We go through the Blue Door. Um, and he keeps resetting you, um, trying to make you go through the red door. Um, he puts arrows on the red door. He puts the walls, doors on opposite walls, sets you <laughs> facing the red one, and you have to turn around yep. uh, to get to the blue door. Surrounds and the red door keep, with lights. 
<laughs> yes. Yep, yep. Uh, if you keep insisting on the uh, the blue door, you go out of the game. You're in this cavernous room with this dead end walkway, and he's like, "These are uh, we haven't gotten to this place yet. You're so clever. Mm-hmm. You got to the place we haven't built yet." Yeah. <laughs> so aren't you aren't aren't you good? But you know, the, the narrator says you, you have to understand. I work really hard on this, and quite frankly, by you know ignoring me, by disregarding it, you're being very disrespectful. You're ungrateful, really, is what you are. Yeah, I worked hard on my speech. I'm still going to read it. <laughs> okay, you know, um, and he's starting. He starts uh, criticizing. This is like a developer talking to, um, like a reviewer, like somebody yeah. evaluating. Yes. Uh, the game, you know, he's like, if, you know, if, if my way isn't right, what do you want? Like, do you want What do you want to see vehicles, skill trees, <laughs> like what dumb back of the box feature do you want on this game? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, Oh, you want more choices. You go back to the door choice room, but there's a third option here, the orange <laughs> door. You go into that and it's a, a room with five buttons where he wants you to rate his experience, <laughs> the experience of having that extra choice. Uh, so having a third choice of door, uh-huh. how much did you like that on one to five? Yeah, you, you either spin or choose. You spin the choice. Um, yep. There's a different uh, 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 voiceover for each one of these that you push. Because I wanted to be as cruel as possible, I pressed two stars. The most baffling mm-hmm. of the review scores. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, okay, this is good. You didn't absolutely hate it. We're on the right path. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's, he's keeping his chin up. Um, we, he says he takes his feedback and puts you back into the, the room and now there's a leader leaderboard. I <laughs> uh, hear the leaderboard is so funny. It's, it's just <laughs> nagging you. And the idea of like competing with your friends in the Stanley parable <laughs> is very funny yeah. uh, to me. And then it, it shows like, it just keeps putting you down at the bottom of the leaderboard until the, uh, the one above you is a dead rat away from keyboard. <laughs> it was very good i'm just like hey motivation competition can motivate you right and you know Mm -hmm. we've we've got we've got this connection you know (laughs) it's like competitive competitive moby dick reading (laughs) very very good uh if you once you've done this he restarts you again he's like i've been coming with this new game i've taken this time to, to come up with it um it's this beautiful and very artistic game with tons of meaning that is a commentary on what it's like to raise children uh here and it shows a photorealistic uh cutout of a baby moving towards fire <laughs> and we press a button and reset him mm-hmm. uh and that's it he's like this is really artful this is gonna set the art world on fire um of course, the you know the message only becomes completely clear if you play this game for four hours. Um, I'll check back on you then. Yep. Um, if you play it for two hours, um, he says, "Listen, you know I've actually come up with something different uh, to add this because a lot of people were coming up with like scripts yeah. and stuff that just press the button. Um, so the uh, is like they introduce another button which is awkwardly placed away from this one that is dipping a puppy into a vat of piranhas, <laughs> and you have to keep them both safe. Don't dip that puppy." Yeah, it's uh, it would be really tedious to uh-huh. do this for for another two hours. Um, you get unique narration as you do this, and mm-hmm. if you actually do it for all of them, you get an achievement, and you get to meet the uh, true soul of art, <laughs> the true spirit of art, which is an obelisk that's so good. Uh, that talks to you. Uh, very very funny that yeah. that's you know the arbitrary thing you do to get to true art. Mm-hmm. Big Disco Elysium uh, vibes to that. Yeah. Well, that, that, that obelisk, that monolith was, was initially a graphics glitch that people read a bunch of meaning uh, into in the, uh, in the mod. And so that's yeah. how, he, that's how he worked it into the kept HD it. remix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. um, what you're going to do because you're not, 
a maniac is let the baby burn. Right. And he's like, do you, do you hate babies or do you just like, he, he questions you about it. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm out of ideas. Uh, let's just let's, let's play another game. He turns off the lights and you wake up in Minecraft. <laughs> um, the, uh, and he's this dejected baby. He's like, Oh, it's the one last thing you've always desired. A game I have nothing to do with. <laughs> And he says, I'll just be over here making my own stuff. I'll make, I'll make something for myself, you know, with artistic purpose. And you get, you see him build a night one house for Minecraft just out of dirt, you know, a little two by one room with a door in the front of it. And he says, ah, you know, if you, if you really want to appreciate this, uh, can I come and stand inside of it? Ah, can't you feel it? Uh, but I'm going to make it even better. I'm going to make it out of diamond, which that is just the funniest way uh, to make mm-hmm, that better. Yeah. I'm not going to build a bigger house or a fun castle or something. Yeah. I'm just going to make the same thing out of more expensive. The, the two by one house. <laughs> yeah. Out of, yeah. I'm just going to make material. it out of more expensive parts. I just love that. Like, yeah. oh, no, just uh, it's going to be the same basic first person shooter. But boy, are the services shiny. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, very good. Um, you know, he says, so you have to go mine. Uh, so he sends you down to the mines. Um, and you don't bring a light with you. Right. Um, so eventually you're just wandering around in the dark. He's like, no, 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 this, this is too open. And then you wake up in the intro to portal, uh, <laughs> in the glass cell with the like, uh, radio playing, uh, here. And you, you, you do the first level of portal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, it's so clever. He says, I don't even know what this game is, but I love it. You trapped in a glass box, unable to do anything without me. Yep. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, and there are shades of like, you know, the, Portal, we, we talked about this before, like when you get behind the scenery in Portal, mm-hmm. you know, that is a pretty watershed kind of feeling. Yeah. You know, and there, there are games that, uh, you know, mess with that and, and try to, to enact that and stuff. Um, clearly like an influence yeah. on this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that is 100% developed and created, but feels like mm-hmm. a glitch. Yes. It, it feels you're literally and figuratively out of bounds. And also, like, the belligerent relationship between GLaDOS and, and Chell is yes, similar. Yeah, the antagonistic yeah. narrator yeah. and stuff. Like the antagonistic uh, and I'm so mad at too. us for doing both Portal games <laughs> at once instead of saving Portal 2 for a later episode. Yeah. Oh, well. Freaking idiots. <laughs> um, morons. We're so much older than 22. I know. <laughs> so uh, you just you know do, do the first thing where you pick up the, pick up the cube and you put it on a button. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the narrator decides as you're walking towards the elevator to go to the next stage says, Oh, I'm bored. I'm bored of this game and I'm bored of you. I don't need your validation. I'm going to go and make, you know, go, go and make art stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, uh, if you could, you can actually lose the box here, like mm-hmm. you can in portal because it's main source engine and in portal, it just creates another box that accounts for it here. It accounts for it as well, but you actually soft lock the game. <laughs> Uh, the narrator is like, how did you manage to break that? You had to do that on purpose and I'm not helping you. Um, you know, you just have to restart yourself. Yeah. You got in, you got into this mess. You can get out of it. Yep. Um, so if you get to the, uh, crane in the warehouse, but you get off the crane, uh, before it oh, moves, there, 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 there's more to that you, ending actually. Like you drop through, oh. did, did you drop through the elevator shaft? Um, uh, in, uh, in, in the game design ending. I'm trying to think. Um, maybe. Yeah. Cause if, because so, so he, 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 yanks the elevator up, uh, leaving the exposed shaft. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to go. You're left on your own and you can just reset the game yourself. But if you drop through into the, if you drop through the shaft, you'll, you'll end up in a half, half finished version of the, the office from the game. 
Um, and then if you drop again, just off of the map, you will land, um, in some dingy dark hallways that lead back to, uh, back to Stanley's office. Uh, you're actually in the version of the office from the, um, from the source oh, from uh, the demo. mod. Yeah. Not from the demo, from the, from yeah, the source yeah. mod. Yeah. yeah the, um, the, the original. Yeah. 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 You know, and then like you get the, the ending narration with the, with the narrator saying, you know, just kind of musing, like, I wonder if you found what he wanted down there. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, again, we need each other without the narrator. Uh, you know, Stanley will be doomed to wander, to, you know, just to wander and fall. The end will be here very soon. Very soon. I can, I can wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you don't get on the crane, mm-hmm. uh, as we mentioned, you can head back. Um, you go uh, past the, the lounge there um, and there's an open door that goes through the maintenance back to this path which you can mm-hmm. ignore and you can get down to our warehouse. Um, and the warehouse, there's a cargo lift that leads down. There's a sign that says penalty for misuse of cargo lift, a thousand uh, penalty for jumping off cargo lift, 5,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you, you know, step on the lift and then step off it, uh, you're stranded. Yep. Oh, and it's the, gone. the narrator makes you die, uh, kill yourself by jumping. Like you can make it and yeah. it's an impossible to make jump. Yeah. You just, you you just can't jump. Just going to splat at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and you, and you never get to walk on that floor, I believe. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. uh, uh, you can, you can actually make it down there and explore, but the game soft locks. Of course. Yeah. Uh, if you get down there, uh, two things that are not endings that I want to mention real mm-hmm. quick because they're cool. Um, the broom closet. Oh yeah. Uh, broom closet, which is really cool. It's not an ending, but there's a broom closet. And if you go into it, uh, they get, the narrator makes fun of you specifically for like looking for a hidden ending and bragging to your friends about how cool it was to do the broom closet <laughs> and how pathetic that is. Yeah. Uh, and when you don't leave, he's like, I, I must assume you're dead. Whoever's listening to this, please turn off the computer. You know, uh, <laughs> well, the broom, and then the, the other thing, this is, but what I love about the broom closet, sorry to dwell on it. Uh, like as you're reading the stuff in the conference room, uh, like there's a, there's a to-do list on one of the whiteboards and one of the, one of the entries is get Chris out of the broom closet. Uh, mm. as though that is just a, a pressing concern that has been going on for a while that Chris is in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fucking Chris. <laughs> fucking Chris. So you can open it and look in there, but there's nobody there because everybody's disappeared. Uh, I also really like the achievement you get for, um, pressing room 205 five times. Oh yeah. Or 206. Uh, cause you start doing it. Like you look at the achievement list and it's like, you know, tap this thing mm-hmm. and he stops you from doing it. He's like, you, you think you can get an achievement just based on that. That's way too easy. Mm-hmm. And he starts telling you other things to click in the room. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and so you had to just go click this like really tedious big list. Uh, and then eventually you get it and you get the achievement and he starts, he's like, how is that an achievement? Like, what have you done? Uh huh. You know, he's, he's making fun of that thing, which is very near and dear to my heart because I hate achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, and half of them are just nothing. Yeah. Just you know? it, it, like, no matter if you call them achievements or if you call them trophies, like, oh, I get a trophy for pressing that button a bunch. Okay. Yeah. You, you should not be rewarded. <laughs> it is not virtuous to do any of those things. Right. And the, using the language of virtue for it is, uh, fake. It's, it's, it's weird. And, uh, I would say corrosive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it damages you as a gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're into kind of like some, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to call these the don't shit your pants endings. Yeah, uh, little endings. Yeah, just just little, just little little wee boys. Uh, as you're going through the, uh, uh, the the offices several times, you may notice you know some of the screens just have like you know random junk on them, but there are going to be a few that have uh, the the words awaiting input on them. 
and you have mm-hmm. to interact with them. You have to um, interact with five of those terminals across five different runs. Uh, and yes. if you do this, uh, you know, there's no narration, but you are warped to a white void and you're surrounded by a column of rotating rows of colorful buttons and text appears on the screen saying, welcome Stanley to heaven. Yep, <laughs> His Stanley is just pressing buttons yep. uh, here. More beautiful buttons. <laughs> um, very cute. If you, uh, another ending that started as a glitch in the original mod, mm-hmm. um, if you close the door to your office before you leave, you would lock yourself inside uh, and they account for it. Um, you just get a narrator that's like, Stanley says he couldn't handle the pressure. He decides to wait. He can just be happy and safe forever. Uh, time loses all meaning. Mm-hmm. And the implication being that you basically Isaac yourself yeah. in uh, in the, the closet or mm-hmm. in your office. Yeah. Um, I love the serious room ending. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, because well, you think about the flagging in this game, like if you could actually no clip, mm-hmm. if if it allowed you to do it, boy, would it fuck up everything. Oh God, I would love to see the way that you this know? is all actually like laid out in the editor. I'm sure that's possible yeah. because it's the source engine, but like the ways that they accomplish what they have to accomplish with the spaces, I would like to see those mm-hmm. levels just loaded up. Um, but you know, to do this, the console in this game is not enabled by default. Uh, so yes. you can go into go into Steam, right click it, and then add a little argument um, on the yeah, launch on your I and I. Yeah, and, you know, just turning on turning on the server cheats, right? So turn on the console. You go in and you enter the server cheat command into the console, and the narrator takes huge exception to this. Uh, you're whisked away to the serious room. There's nothing but but a bare table. Um, and you know, you need to stay here for 100 billion trillion years. I don't know how to convey to you how serious I am without putting you in the serious room. If you're here, I'm yep. serious. <laughs> yeah. And you get, each time you do it, you keep getting different narration yeah. of, uh, of, of the serious room, like, you know, kind of dressing you down in different ways. Yeah. I uh, hear, um, another good, uh, ending here. If you can, there's one window you can get out of mm-hmm. because the detritus around the desk is positioned kind of like stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and if you jump out this window, you're in this white luminous void as you might be jumping out of a window and the narrator accounts for it. Like at mm-hmm. first Stanley assumed he'd broken the map until he heard the narration and realized this was part of the design. <laughs> um, and he's asked, you get this thing where it's like, are you sick of this gag yet? And there's a yes or no prompt. Um, both of these lead to long anti-jokes. Yep. Uh, basically if you hit no, uh, he just kind of muses and traps you there mm-hmm. for a very long time in intentionally obtuse and unpleasant dialogue uh <laughs> if you uh you know hit yes he says well you can just restart whenever you want which i love just reminding you like mm-hmm. you know this is all fake yeah. um and to kind of make you know make you restart he starts uh singing a, a limerick yeah about how shitty you are yep <laughs> just dressing you down in this and then it eventually turns into a in, into a kind of pleasant uh, instrumental but you just got to uh yeah. you, you've just got to uh continue you know, gotta, gotta restart uh, and go yeah. go after the other endings. However, we've talked about the endings. There's there's the only one we haven't missed is the whiteboard ending. Oh, which triggers randomly mm. uh, as you leave the first room. You'll go into a dead end with a whiteboard that just says you won. <laughs> um, there's and other like just in the sake of completionism. There's also an achievement that triggers randomly mm-hmm. uh, just to piss people off. Yeah, uh, there's an achievement in the menu you can turn on and off. <laughs> uh, whether you want it, it's in the options menu. I love that. Uh, so you get much. it or lose it. Yeah. Uh, Cause achievements are fake fools. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, fools. 
uh, and then, yeah, that's the, the Stanley parable, which is like some of the most fun you can have being made fun of. Yeah. I think. I, 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 yeah. And you know, I just like the, the, this is a particular kind of humor. I don't even like this scratches a lot of the same itches for me as, uh, as Nathan for you, which mm-hmm. for as much as the joke about Nathan for you, you know, is making fun of business and you are kind of laughing at the social awkwardness of a lot of the stuff. So much of it is playing with the box of what the, of, of what those businesses do exemplified by smoking aloud where he figures out a loophole to, to make, uh, to, to make it so people can smoke inside by turning it into a theater performance or the, uh, haunted house that is super scary because they convince you that you got infected with the deadly disease and take you to the hospital. But the ambulance ride yeah. in the hospital are technically still part of the, part of the haunted house. Like there is that, there is that playing with the box, like, you know, messing with expectations and reality kind of stuff that is part of a grander performance than just being a joke. And I, yes. I would say like these, the, 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 there's a lot of shared DNA to that. Uh, and that shared yeah. DNA is these are both things that I really like. And I think other people would too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's, you know, for, for lack of a better word, it's the, like meta. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's the, the meta stuff. It, it's, it's about the medium that it's in. Yeah. Um, and that works for me pretty well. Most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, the- uh, that is something I generally find funny and the moment to moment writing, uh, also really funny. Yeah. In this, like just the line delivery, you know, line deliveries and stuff like that. Uh, just what a, what a triumph, mm-hmm. you know, for something that that is. And it's so, God, doing this after Horizon Zero Dawn is such a fucking whiplash because this is so focused mm-hmm. and wastes so little time. Yeah. Everything in this game contributes to its point. Yep. You know, like literally everything. Like mm-hmm. no, you can you cannot take away. This is a, a three legged table. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot take away one of the legs and still have it be a table. Yeah. As opposed to the table peed, <laughs> the hundred leg like a table that was Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. where you could take away almost all the legs mm-hmm. and still get the uh, the essential message of it. Yeah. And you know you could say like yeah you could take away your ad and an ending or two, but each of the endings you know aside from like the I mean even like the fun little goofy ones do contribute to this a little bit. Have something to say about choice in games. They're just coming at it from different angles, you know and. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what is it? Co-op and brevity uh, cover for a lot of sins. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like if this was 15 hours, it'd be too much. But turns out it's two hours if you're taking notes. So Yahtzee. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and there are uh, you can you know, it's not like there aren't more things to say on the subject. It's not perfect in that it's all conclusive. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. in everything it, it includes is necessary. Yeah. You know, you could add to it, but you can't subtract to it mm-hmm. from it. And think about what we cover in terms of this show with the medium we've chosen to dedicate our careers to. Mm-hmm. How often is that true? I mean, it's rare. Almost never. Yeah. Like, what is the last game we've done that we could be like, you couldn't take anything away from this <sighs> and still and, you know, and still have it work? Like, I just it's it's incredible. Like it's mm-hmm. a really, really impressive thing to me. And it, it's something that is entirely, uh, you know, comorbid with art games and indie games in part because of their length. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the more I think about the games, this isn't something I've just now thought of, but I thought about many times is like, there's a, there are a lot of works that justify a 60 hour runtime. Yeah. You know, uh, it was, we were talking about this in the Slack and I found out there's a, how long to read website. What? You know, uh, there's a how that uses an average reading speed. Okay. You know, uh, and it tells you how long it takes to read a book. That 
I mean, speed. I guess my, my Kindle does that when I, when I, when I buy a book, but like that, that is so weird. I, I, I would, yeah, yeah. I would think it'd be hard to find a meaningful, meaningful data about that. Continue, continue your point. Well, so you can, you can uh, do a little test on there to put in your reading speed and it just does the math. Like if you read this no. many words per, per minute, this is how long it will take you. And that doesn't have reflection or rereading or anything in it, Yeah, but it's a general guide. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing that you'll go on that and it's like, Oh, I can read the complete works of James Joyce in the same amount of time it takes to play, you know, three, you know, Far Cry games, mm-hmm. you know, like the, there's, there's a, there's a focus and an artfulness that comes with brevity. It's not just us being, you know, doing this for a job and being the people we are. Yeah. No. There's something there, you know, yeah. when you stretch a message or a narrative or construct far enough, of course it fucking breaks. Yep. You know, uh, and this game is just like a wonderful, wonderful example of that. And so is the beginner's guide, mm-hmm. which is entirely, you know, it deals with some of the themes in terms of like authorship and stuff, but is just such a different, like more melancholy yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like hits me or, uh, like Soma, you know, yeah. which we, which we did this year, like Soma would not work if it were a 12 hour game. Right. You know, it just, it would stretch to breaking, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that kind of focus is incredibly admirable in terms of any kind of theming or messaging, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just, I, I think that just a general thing that is true is that limitations create, create creativity, modesty of scope demands, um, clarity and focus of expression. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the more room that you have to sprawl, the more room that there is to lose people and the more room there is for you to forget what you were trying to say of anything. And the larger price tag associated with creating something, you know, means that you're going to have to, you know, start designing to commercial interests instead of, you know, and and, and instead of toward toward that focus and toward that toward that clarity towards artistic. I'm trying I'm trying very hard not to be like pretentious about it. And I play, you know, commercial art, too. This this is a game you you buy. It's it's fifteen dollars that that, that, that you spent. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like seven thousand dollars in the Binding of Isaac. Or yeah. Seven thousand hours, you know, <laughs> into that in that game. Like it, it is not that we're above it. Mm-hmm. It's that uh, a well balanced diet includes both. Yeah, and I get frustrated by a perspective that throws their hands up and is like, all this stuff is basically the same. Right, right. When it's so clearly not. Yeah, like there there are things that make a game more artful or more you know, thematically sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's worth thinking about those things, even if artful and thematically sound aren't the only things that are worth going to games for. Right. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the taxonomy is important. Yes. Um, yeah. Thanks us. Yeah. Thanks you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Stanley parable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have things to say about the Stanley parable, hit us up by July 15th at duckfeed.tv slash contact. Yeah, um, that is the deadline for responses about all of the games we talk about in July, uh, which includes, yes, there is Stanley Parable, but there's also Horizon Zero Dawn, Heat Signature, mm-hmm. and Prey, the 2017 Prey. Indeed. Um, also, if you have things to say for the following month's games, which are uh, Sound Max, Save the World, um, Paradise Killer, or Chrono Trigger, that is the uh, August 15th is mm-hmm. the deadline there. Yeah. Uh, the last, well, the last episode of every month is a dispatch. The last game we cover every month, that is the premium episode. So for both prey and chrono trigger, uh, everybody will get the generalities, but, uh, our Patreon backers who go to patreon.com slash duck TV 
um, they will get the uh, full versions of those episodes and every one of the premium WAFs we have done uh, in the past. Yeah. And uh, a bunch of bonus shows in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also leave us range reviews on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict and tell your friends. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate Um, I think that's about it. Thanks so. Uh, thanks, yeah. everybody. And uh, yeah. until next time, just ignore the line.